G'day and welcome to another episode of this marketing thing. Super pumped for today's episode. Today I've got an interview with a pro copywriter. He's so good, he almost makes copywriting sound easy. He drops some serious gold nuggets in this episode to help you sell more of your products and grow your online business. See you guys on the other side. Have you ever stopped to wonder? earth do people like us that were raised to go get a job after school just to realize that being at the mercy of some big company isn't for us how do we market and build our own businesses so we get to choose our own destinies that's the question and this podcast is the answer join me as i discover learn and share the latest marketing secrets and strategies to help grow your online business my name's Kyle Macker, and welcome to this marketing thing. Thing, 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 thing. Joining me on the show today is a returning guest. He's an amazing copywriter and copy coach. He used to write and manage a team of over 200 pro writers before becoming the wordsmith of Petco, one of the US's largest pet retailers. He now runs his own copywriting business and coaching services that helps entrepreneurs and business owners increase their engagement, leads, and sales. He also comes bearing gifts. Welcome back to the show, Clay Manley. Thanks for having me, Kyle. I can't believe we're on round two already. Yeah, I know. Where'd that song go? <laughs> it flew, man. It flew. I got a lot to uh, a lot to catch up on. No, absolutely, mate. Really appreciate you coming back on the show. I'm so grateful for your time. I'm super pumped to have you back on. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No, I'm no, ready. you're Sorry. right. All good. <laughs> it's it's funny. Like we hear a lot about how bad social media is, and in in some aspects it is, but. There's some real good that can come out of it too. My wife was only saying the other day how cool it is that we've struck a friendship up over from the other side of the planet. It's super cool. I really appreciate the value and insights that you give me and and some of the value and insights that you're going to share with the audience too. Yeah, it's funny. We've I guess we've done a little bit of an exchange of services that, you know, the listeners wouldn't know about, but I've helped you edit some stuff. You've helped me create some stuff. And I feel like I've known you for a while, by the way, just so no one gets freaked out. If you hear high pitched meows, my cat Frankie is crashing the party because that's what happens as soon as I jump on any call. Um, and that speaks to my experience with Petco, I guess. But yeah, man, I can't believe I think we connected on Instagram and definitely consider you a friend. Definitely excited to chat. And I'm sure we'll like last time probably spend some time catching up after this, too. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. So, mate, the first question, you dropped some amazing nuggets for my audience last time you are on the show. If you haven't listened to episode 29, you have to. It's amazing because you really peeled back the layers of copywriting. But since the show, what have you been up to and, and what's in the pipeline? So the biggest thing for me, which this is just, it's super exciting on a personal level and hopefully super exciting for the audience, is I'm making the transition from essentially freelancing to actually building a brand and a business. So my business has been built or my freelancing business has been built on referrals. You know, I have Petco, Marvel, Slim Jim. I have some of the biggest brands in the world that I've worked with. But when I chose to leave Petco, I converted them into a client and then I scratched and clawed for new clients because I wanted to stop helping the rich get richer, right? And go from working with these behemoths of businesses to small business owners and entrepreneurs like me. Like I wanna help passionate people who don't have the resources of a billion dollar company 
make their dent in the universe. And to do that, I feel that it's very important that it's not just Clay Manley freelancing, that there's a brand and a business behind what I'm doing. So I'm launching Speakeasy Sales Copy and speakeasysalescopy.com April 2021. By the time this episode comes out, I invite the audience to go check it out. It's going to be really cool. For me, man, just like a labor of love. Like I already rebranded the brand I didn't have <laughs> to yep. land on Speakeasy Sales Copy. So point is, I've been working really hard behind the scenes while balancing my client load to begin creating my own brand and putting my own voice out there and putting resources, tools, insights, and courses out there for entrepreneurs and business owners who wanna learn what's working for million and billion dollar businesses that they can steal for their own. So Speakeasy Sales Copy is at this point here and I just, I couldn't be more proud of it, man. I'm so excited for you and the audience and hopefully some of the world to see it. Mate, I can't wait to see it. I'm super excited. And no, I was just saying, I'm super excited to see it and I can't wait. I really can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. For me, it's something I've been thinking about for well over a year and then something I've been spending nights and weekends on for about a year. And then it's something I've just had to force myself to do because it's easy to think big and dream big. It's hard to actually do the small things to make that stuff come to life. So someone like me, I have a humming freelance business and I could take on new client projects every day and make the money I'd like to and keep just doing what I'm doing. But I had to step away from that. I had to turn down projects and pause projects to think about the long term, like kind of trading the short term money and the short term projects for this long term goal of having a brand and business I can be proud of. So all that to say, super excited. And I appreciate your excitement. I can hear it in your voice. No, I am. I'm super excited for you. And I've been watching your journey very early on when you left your corporate job to where you are now. And I know this is probably a little bit off topic here, but I've been reading a lot about mindset lately and what makes some people tick and go and get it. And like, I mean, I'm sure you were very comfortable in your job, working for a big corporate, being a manager. But what was the thing for you, Clay, that you went, you know what, I'm going to go get this for myself. I'm going to be ambitious. And not a lot of people have that courage is what I'm trying to say. Where mm -hmm. did you think that comes from? Well, for me, this was always kind of a small itch I had to scratch. And the more unhappy and the more used and abused I felt in the corporate world, the more it kept leading me to this. And I think for me, there was a moment in time where I was actually writing for my mentor. His name's Vito Lafada. You can check him out at LegacyBrandCreators.com. Not to just like offer a plug, but the guy's incredible. And this is, he helps people build online businesses. Anyways, I was writing for him. I distinctly remember I was writing blogs for him. And his whole thing is helping what he calls visionaries, people like you and me, transition online. And I'm seeing the success he has and I'm reading his stories and I'm the one like putting these words out there and I'm like, shoot, I need to be living this. Like I enjoy writing this so much because I see how much it can change people's lives. And look, I already had a 
what, a 10-year career with like six or seven different full-time jobs. I was doing six figures in corporate. Things were fine, but it was just like this constant itch I needed to scratch. And every time I wrote something for Vito, for that mentor, it hit me more and more that I wasn't in the right place. Mm -hmm. And I think I just got to that point where it was like, it's now or never. And for me, I felt like I'm not gonna let myself fail for one. And for two, if I somehow fail, there's always gonna be full-time jobs out there, always, for everybody. And I think just to layer on that as the last piece, I've told this story, which is basically when I was at that pet retailer, there was a lot of complaining, a lot of like head trash. And that stuff gets you down. Like for me, I'm very impacted by my environment. And everybody that I was around, I felt like was unhappy in one way or another. And it kind of like made me unhappy. And I also knew I was unhappy, but the negativity and the toxicity of what I was surrounded by was, was essentially drowning me. And so I was listening to all these other people complain, like as the boss, people are coming to you and it's not a shot at any of them. They all had legitimate and valid complaints. And I shared many of them, but I felt like I would hear people complain and I would see them not do anything about it. And that bothered me to my core. So at the end of the day, I was unhappy. I felt like there was something more out there for me. And my environment got me to the point where I was like, it's now or never, dude. And I chose to make this happen. Yeah, absolutely. And it's super admirable watching where you started and what you're pushing for. It is super inspirational to me and I'm sure other people as well. But what really stands out for me is the courage that you've shown. Like it ta that takes courage to do what you've done, like to just, no, I'm going to step away and I'm going to launch. I'm going to burn the boats. I'm going to go for this. So that was a little thing that's always sort of rung in my mind watching you work and uh, yeah, super pumped for you, mate. I can't wait to see what you're coming out with. Super awesome. Well, just on the mindset thing too, what I would add is one, you need mentors. So I was lucky enough to be surrounded by Vito and I spent a weekend in his vineyard at a retreat and that gave me a ton of clarity and confidence and then two, you just you have to have a plan. You have to start executing. So one thing I did that I would encourage anyone who like wants to get out of their situation is I was working full time, but I was applying for other jobs. And it just so happened, as an example, one of those jobs offered me a full time role. I said, no, but how would you like to work with me on a contract basis? And they were in. So I landed my first retainer client while I was still at my full time job, which gave me some stability and some confidence in stepping away because I knew I had something lined up. So it's not that you need to take the huge jump immediately. Yep. It's what are those small things you can do to start setting yourself up for that big leap? So that's all I'll say on that. But I feel like it was a few jumps that led to that big leap. Yeah, absolutely. No, super cool, mate. Well done. So I listened to you on a podcast the other day about the creative process. How might you look at different industries for inspiration? That's a really interesting concept. What's the process to write to sell? So for me, my process, like my personal process and what I teach is five, what I would call simple steps, but they're a little bit loaded. Okay. <laughs> so those five steps, I'll read through them and then I'll kind of give you a breakdown. Okay. First step is research and comp shop which I'll explain in a second. Yep. Second step, organize an outline. 
Third step, create and elaborate. Fourth step, format and polish. Fifth step, test and optimize. Now that might sound like a lot, but if you see it like spelled out in a graphic, it's pretty simple. Yep. The first step is the most important, which is research and comp shop. Basically researching your audience, researching your competitors, researching analog brands, which are the brands that might not be in your space, but are similar to you. And comp shop is the comparison aspect of that. So not only are you researching, but you're also comparing. Okay. In my opinion, well, I would say I used to think good copywriting just kind of like popped out of thin air and that if you were looking at your competitors or you were looking at others, that would actually sabotage your copy because you'd become a copycat. Okay. Long story short, I realized that's not the case and that you're not being a copycat. You're searching for inspiration and inspiration is one of the most influential we, things we can have on anything we do and certainly in sales copy. So for me, research and comp shop is as simple as good writing requires good research. And I tell people you always research before you write. So I start there okay. and then I move into organize and outline. And that's simply taking all of your research and organizing it so that it's more digestible because you might write down 500 things, but after you've gone through your entire process, maybe there's only 25 that stick out. And how do you take those 25 things and put them into three or five categories to make it simple for you? That really relates, like I hit that home with a quote by Lincoln, which is essentially, if I had eight hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend six hours sharpening my ax. To me, the research and this organization process, so those first two steps, are those six hours sharpening your ax before you actually go and write. And they're gonna make the writing process much easier. Okay. Step three, create and elaborate. Well, now you have all this research, everything's organized and outlined. How do you make it better? How do you make it your own? That's all you're doing there is you're elaborating on the thoughts, you're injecting your own thoughts, you're improving what you have, and you're making it your own. From there, you format and polish, which is as simple as, hey, I've done all this research, I've done all this outlining, I've started to create. What is the ultimate goal here? Well, I wanna turn part of this into a sales page, I want to turn this into blogs. I want to turn it into emails. Great. Start putting that out there. Your research is covering all of that. You don't need to research for a specific asset type. You need to research for everything and then build it into the right assets later. And then lastly, test and optimize, which is as simple as A plus messaging requires testing, right? Like okay. if you look at ACT statistics or SAT statistics, rewind back to college, what you find is that you're allowed to take that test more than once. And more often than not, the people who take it again and again get better scores. Same with messaging, same with your sales copy. You gotta test it, you gotta see how the audience reacts, and then you optimize it. So for me, those are the five steps. That research is the huge piece, research and comp shop, and then ending with the understanding that just because you did all these steps doesn't mean it's gonna be perfect. A plus messaging requires testing. Wow, that's an awesome breakdown. Really, really valuable. I love the organized part because sometimes you can do so much research and it's like, holy dooly, like where do I start now? I love that, that you organize it into three to five categories and give it some direction, give it a North Star to go to the round, like go to the direction to. Super cool. 
Yeah. And I think we talked about this last time, if I remember right, which is the research process is cumbersome. I spend most of my time on step one. I do way more researching than I ever do writing. And I do just as much reading as I do writing because I end up reading my work aloud to make sure it's conversational. But that that research piece is huge. And then that outline piece, because you could have all the research in the world, but if you can't organize it, it's not doing anything for you. No, absolutely. Well, that that's a super great format to write copy. That's for sure. Glad you like it. I really <laughs> like it. <laughs> now, a lot of us aren't professional writers and that's okay. But at the same time, businesses online had their foundations firmly planted in copy is there any framework that you have for easy copy? Dude, first of all, I love frameworks. I think they make everything oh, so much easier. Of course. <laughs> they are. Of course. Yeah, well, you've heard the Einstein quote, which is like, make everything as simple as possible, but no simpler, or as simple as it needs to be, but no simpler. Yeah. And man, is that accurate. So right. to answer your question, I believe, and I see this, that like the best sales copy in the world fails without flow. So think about that. The best sales copy in the world fails without flow, meaning you could do those five steps that we talked about, but if it doesn't flow, you've got a problem. You could have all the right messaging, all the right Mm -hmm. research. If it doesn't flow, it's not going to work. And by the way, Frankie's meowing up a storm, so I apologize. That's okay. She really likes frameworks too. Um, (laughs) So for me, I just created this framework, EFA, E as in eat, F is in food, A is in Alex. And it's a framework you can apply to anything you write. The okay. E start stands for lead with emotion. So E for emotion. Okay. The F stands for function, reinforce with function and logic. Okay. And the A stands for action, close with action. So to run that back, EFA, emotion, function, action. And how that works, how it kind of comes together is pretty simple, which is the point of it. E, emotion, lead with emotion. For me, it's as simple as write the word imagine down and just start spelling out what your product or service does and what their life looks like. So you're telling your audience to imagine their future. And that's going to require you to build in those emotions. So instead of talking about your product, you're talking about your prospect, which is a huge rule. And I think mm-hmm. E, lead with emotion, forces you to start by doing that. Then there's a great quote, and there's studies to back this, which is, I'm going to paraphrase a little, but which is people buy on emotions, then reinforce with logic. So they buy on emotions, which is why we started with that, and then they reinforce with logic. Now that leads me to F which is reinforced with function and logic. So now that you've sold me on the future and these emotions I'm gonna feel, tell me what I'm actually getting. This might be the first time you even talk about your product, but here's where you kind of get into the features and you try to, try to tie those to the benefits. Okay. You've done all that and all good copy. Doesn't matter if it's an ad, an email, a blog, a lot of people miss this, but a blog, a sales page, whatever you're writing, you need to close with action. Tell them what to do or else they won't do it. So EFA is as simple as that. Lead with emotion, reinforce with function and logic, and close with action. That is super, super valuable. I love that how the Eve, the emotion, it's starting with the who. You're getting into their shoes. Super awesome. I love that because vision creates decision. Awesome. 
Love that. Where'd you hear that? I'm stealing that. <laughs> that was from uh, Jim Camp. Some of those amazing. tapes that I got. He is amazing. I listen to that guy every day. He is way ahead of his time when it comes to sales negotiations and selling. And uh, yeah, vision creates decision. I'm borrowing it, brother. <laughs> yeah, go for it, buddy. But I'm using EFA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'll definitely be using it for my writing. That's for sure. Yeah, I love it. I really think that's, and it's, yeah, it gives it a layout, gives it a flow, super beneficial because I think a lot of the times, even when I write copy, I know, and I know I'm a, I'm a young copywriter, but I do sometimes I write and I'm like, where's this going, man? (laughs) Where are we going with this? Like, (laughs) so that definitely gives you a framework to hang your hat on. Super cool. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's simple as possible. The problem is a lot of people miss emotion. That's just one that's easy to forget. It's kind of like pain gain transformation, which I've talked about before, which is, you know, as simple as pain. What do they avoid pain? What do they get or gain? What do they get in transformation? How do they change? A lot of people miss that change part, which is really a product of the emotion. Function is generally easy. That comes natural. We can talk about like the features of our product all day. The challenge is tying it into actual benefits. So as an example, when I was with the pet retailer, it was like the copy team was used to talking about a leather leash handle. And I'm saying, well, that's a feature. What's the benefit? Play the why game. Why does that matter? Why does leather matter? And you end up coming up with something that's more like durable leather leash handle built to last for years. And so yeah. suddenly I've gone from, oh, leather leash handle, which I have no reason to care about, to durability and lasting, just like that. So that's kind of the difference when you get into this function and logic. Can you take it from a feature to a benefit and tie them together? And then end with action. It's obvious, especially for someone like you who's done some copywriting, mm-hmm. but people miss it all the time. And we know whether it's a sales letter, a blog, an email, a list, we know people read the first thing and the last thing. So always end with action to take advantage of that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I think sometimes, look, for me personally, I find I can write about pain and gain not too badly. I find the transformational or the emotion part of it to come into my writing, that for me, probably hasn't developed yet. And I don't know, is that the, do you, would you say that's one of the harder parts of writing copy? Yeah, I think the gain is typically obvious. The pain, when you understand, when you use words like avoid to guide you, can become obvious. Transformation is difficult because you really have to understand the audience. What are the emotions they want to feel? It doesn't matter what you want to feel. Yeah, so exactly. an example, I'm writing for, One of my clients is the number one network marketer on the planet, and we're working on a product about recruiting, and he's great. I've learned a lot from him. He's actually fantastic, probably a better writer than me, and he's not a writer, but one thing he talks about, or one thing we talk about in the writing is it's one thing to tell them we're going to improve their recruiting, and we're going to make the recruiting better, and they're going to get more recruits, but what if we start saying you're going to go from uncomfortable to confident? and become a fearless recruiter. You tell me, do you want more recruits? Do you never want to stumble over your words again? 
or do you want to go from uncomfortable to confident and become a fearless recruiter? Now you see the difference. We've just mm-hmm. gone through gain and transformation. So you just have to start finding the right emotions and thinking about it really starts with thinking about their struggles so you can paint that picture later. Right. It all comes back to that research, hey? Yep, absolutely. Step one. Yeah, that's super cool. Now, I'm intrigued at this one because I think it's really cool. How would you come up with the brand name? I think it's really good. So, good. I'm glad because I rebranded the brand before I had it. <laughs> Did you? For me, look, I have a branding background. When I was with that pet retailer, I was on the brand team. and We were responsible for 14 brands. Now, I didn't come in knowing a lot about branding, but I was surrounded by the right people and I had to learn. I was like drinking from a fire hose of branding every day. Wow. And when I originally set off to do this. I had, over the the course of a weekend retreat, picked a brand name that was very clear. I bought the domain or the website through GoDaddy, and I did some work in color theory, and I just kind of like rolled with it. That brand name was Content Selling Machine. When Mm -hmm. it came time to start posting about it, I didn't want to. I wasn't proud of it. And you know this about me, but I'm pretty meticulous and careful with what I say and what I do. And and I care. I care to a fault, which is why sometimes I don't put enough content out there because I want it to matter. I want everything I do or say to have value and to mean something. Everything should be Mm -hmm. thoughtful, not thoughtless. And I felt like content selling machine, though I put a ton of work into it, I paid for the domain name, I built out the colors, I got in a logo, I'd even started building assets. And when I say that, I mean hours and hours of work on top of everything else I'm doing. When it came time to start posting about it, something wasn't sitting right. It felt almost a little aggressive to me, maybe even a little slimy, not to like bash it, but there was something that wasn't sitting right. And so I went in my GoDaddy account to see what else I could get. And I realized I'd already purchased the domain name Speakeasy Sales Copy. It had slipped my mind that I bought it. And I remember my wife saying to me when I quit the pet retailer that you're the speakeasy of copywriters. And what she meant by that was I've been hiding in, in the shadows of giants for a long time. So you talk to people at a Petco and at a Slim Jim and at a Liquid IV, and they probably know me or at least they know my work. But you talk to the entrepreneur, the business owner down the street, and they have no idea who I am. It's kind of a crazy conundrum. Yeah. So it was as if you'd have to be in the know to know who I am, which is kind of cool and unique. And then I was also thinking to myself, all of my business has been built on referrals, which is kind of how speakeasies grow, right? They weren't promoted. That was prohibition. They had to be hidden. And so I thought that was a really interesting concept that fits because to date, Almost all of my clients have been referrals. I've been talked about. I've never spent money on my own ads. I've never sent an email. I have no funnels. Like I've built this through referrals. So I thought, or word of mouth. So I thought that was fitting. Mm. And then if you look at my office, I'm in the third floor of a dark navy room that I purposely painted dark navy to fit the mood with this premium, beautiful live edge wood desk. It's a slab I literally picked from India. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, and I'm in the mountains. So it's like, how much more do you need to fit? So I was like, man, the speakeasy sales copy really speaks to me. And then speakeasies to me, especially like the modern version, This is like premium drinks. This is like a premium audience. And that's the experience I provide. There are 
copywriters and copy coaches that charge a tenth of what I charge, maybe less. And it's a different experience. It's a different level of experience. I'm here to provide a premium copywriting and copy coaching experience for the right clients. And I'm pretty selective about who I let in the doors. <laughs> so yeah. it made sense on every level. And tack on that it rolls off the tongue. And when I looked in GoDaddy, they value, they, they have an algorithm that values what your domain or your website name is worth. It just so happens that Speakeasy Sales Copy was worth about triple what the previous name was. So all the signs pointed to that. I made the decision in one day that I'm making this change. And I ran a design contest, crafted a very intense brief and had a bunch of designers building out a logo. I did all the color theory work. I gave feedback day after day. And within a week, I had a new logo, a new brand name, a new brand guide, new color work, you name it. So wow. it was one of those things where now I'm proud, as you can see, like hearing me talk about it. I could tell Absolutely. you about the name all day, <laughs> yeah. but nobody wants that. So for me, it just, it made sense. It was a logical transition. It was nothing against where I was going, but I felt like I needed to make a change. And then I really, honestly, I try not to toot my own horn, but I applaud myself because if I was going to make this change, it needed to happen quick or else I was slowing down everything I'm working towards. And so I made it happen immediately. And that's where we are now. It's the logo speaks to me. It's very intentional. It's simple. It's clean. It's premium. It's sophisticated, which is everything I want to be. There's editing marks in there that you'll see, which are intentional to writing. But instead of being obvious with like a pen, I'm using editing marks to be more thoughtful. It's gold and black and white, which all have meaning that I won't go into. But man, it just fits. And I'm I'm excited for you to see it. I'm excited for everybody to see it. Hopefully me talking about it this long, people will check it out. But speakeasy sales copy is where I'm at now. No, it's super. No, I can't wait for it. I really can't. And it definitely is. It's definitely better than content selling machine. To me, content selling machine, not to knock it, but it just seems like it falls back into the rest of what you hear and see. I agree. I agree. Whereas speakeasy sales copy, it's something else. So, mate, super awesome. And I, I, and you are a premium service and you offer premium coaching and consulting. And, and I mean, that was really highlighted to me when you critiqued some of my copy the other week. I was like, and I'm super grateful for that, by the way, but I was just like, whoa, this guy really knows what he's on about. And he, you just like the experience in that copy critique video that you sent me, I was just like, wow, I learned so much in that 20 minutes. Super, like, I'm super grateful and it was super helpful to me. And, and Speakeasy Sales Copy is a premium service and I think that's a premium name. I love it. You know, and there's, not to hit this home too hard, but you'll agree with me. There's basically three ways to do sales copy if you're a business owner, an entrepreneur. Way number one is you hire a freelancer. Well, the problem is most freelancers aren't premium. I'll tell you where you can go. Oh, yeah. you can go to Fiverr. You can go oh. to Upwork. You can go to FreeUp. And maybe you get lucky, but you're very much rolling the dice. Yeah, and yeah. you're more often than not going to get someone who maybe, and this is no knock on anybody, but like maybe their first language isn't even English. And so you're paying less but you're also getting less of a product. And yeah, of course. to me, 
mediocre messaging is not worth saving money. Sales copy is your most important asset, so you should invest time or money in it. So option one is run-of-the-mill freelancers, which to me is roll the dice and hope for the best. Option two is, hey, I'm gonna use an agency. Well, most entrepreneurs and business owners, unless you're doing 10 million plus a year, which some of my clients are, an agency is going to treat you like a number. You are going yeah. to be the lowest priority on their list. Your account is going to be run by interns and junior level people. And you're also going to be stretching your budget thin. So at a certain level, an agency might make sense. But for most, that's just not the case. And you don't want that experience. No. And so option three, which is what I recommend, is, well, learn how to do it yourself and learn how to do it well. And that's where I come in because you're going to get more than agency level experience. <laughs> you're going to get a premium experience from a premium copywriter and copy coach that isn't on those platforms that you're not going to find on like a freelance network. And you're going to get agency level results without the price tag. So that's where I'm going. I think that every entrepreneur and business owner should be armed with this skill. Like it's yeah. a lifelong skill. And yeah. at the end of the day, if it's your business or your product or your service or your coaching, you know it better than anybody else. So you should be the one to write it. And your writing right now, if you're doing it, is either holding you back from more sales and kind of like stomping on your own profits or shooting yourself in the foot or you're not writing because you're staring at the blinking cursor and you need some help. And either way, my point is, my goal is to help. So you get the idea. Oh, mate, absolutely. And I fully understand what you just said because all online business, and if you are going to pivot online, you have to be at least have an understanding of how to write copy or have done some sort of training in it because all online business floats on a sea of copy. You cannot write emails. I mean, it just, it's endless the amount. You need words. And if you don't, you need to have some sort of training or something because you're right. You've just, it's not going to work. You're flushing and stomping profits, stomping on your own profits. So, no, I totally understand. And I, uh, I'm with you on that big time. Yeah. So, mate, I talked about the critique you did on the, my copy the other week. Now, one of the biggest mistakes I felt was my copy was too broad, too general. Now, I don't know what your thoughts were, but what are some of the tips that you could share with the audience to write better copy? And if you like to use my copy as an example, you're more than welcome to. Yeah. So let's use yours because it's kind of fresh in my head. And one, I would encourage your audience to get your, I'm going to butcher, big mini course, big mini headline course. That's it. Big mini headline course. Yep. Get it because, man, what you're putting out there is very cool. And it's free. So yeah, I think anyone who's on your list, anyone who hears this should take you up on that. But there were a few things. I think one, and I see like you are definitely not the only one. And I am probably the only one teaching it this way. But I think every headline should lead with an action verb. Because to me, action verbs elicit action, which is what you want. So I always say, like, start your headline with discover or get or unlock or access something, some sort of action verb to drive them into taking action. So first and foremost, easy way to get your headline right. Mm -hmm. You talked a little bit about 
you felt like you were too broad. Specificity is kind of the secret sauce, right? You want to write something that when your ideal audience hears it, it hits them in their heart. Like it's like you're in their brain floating around and kind of picking, choosing their thoughts. Yeah. So for me, one of the easiest ways to kind of weed out the right audience and make sure weed out, sorry, the wrong audience and make sure that the right audience is on your page is start with dear and then the type of audience you talk to, how do they identify themselves? So for you, it might be dear entrepreneur. For me, it might be dear business owner or dear course creator. For a gym, it might be something like dear fitness enthusiast or dear health conscious mother, things like that. Dear mom, dear dad, dear parent, all of that, all of that matters. And so it's an easy way to kind of confirm, okay, I'm in the right spot here because he's called me out by what I consider myself to be. So I would say action verbs for sure. Okay. The salutation, get the salutation right. And then I think as I work down your page, it was little things here and there. Like maybe you have six bullet points, but we know people learn in three fives and tens. So let's go to five. Let's put your five best out there. Maybe those bullet points aren't leading with action verbs. Well, as we just learned, that's probably the right move. As you get towards the bottom, is there any urgency? Okay, so you may understand EFA now and you may close with action, which is great. But can you add some urgency? Jim Rohn, who's like a legendary entrepreneur, said desire loses its value without urgency. Desire loses its value without urgency, which means no matter how bad they want your product or service because you're selling them on it, if you don't have some urgency in there, they're not taking action. So to me, there's always something to ending with either a deadline or a short-term discount, something that's going to force them to take action now. In fact, today I was just writing a letter for a mortgage broker who's transitioning businesses, and we were gonna talk about his transition, but I was telling him, probably shouldn't talk about that. Like that shouldn't be the focus. What should be the focus is what's urgent right now. Interest rates are low. They were at record lows in January. They're still They're going up now, but they're still lower than they ever are for April, April in any year. So I'm saying, Hey, you should refinance or maybe even buy your dream home now because yes, interest rates are low, but they're going up. So you got to take action now, get a free estimate now before you miss out on this opportunity. So you see now how, Some people might say get a free estimate, but now you say get a free estimate now before you miss on this opportunity or before interest rates skyrocket or before you lose out and suddenly you have urgency in there. So to sum it up, just to kind of keep the theme of threes, I would say read your headline with an action verb. I would say as you work down the page, use some of these best practices, teach in threes and fives, work in more action verbs, and then end with action and urgency. And I think you'll be in a good place. Awesome. Awesome, mate. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for that. Of course. So, mate, I've been reading a lot lately about how important it is in a sales letter to have a new opportunity, that new thing, answering the question. How's this different from anything else I've seen before? A lot of times it's not truly unique, but it sounds like it in the copy. How's this done? So it's tricky Mm. because... Let's say you don't have something that's that's quite new. Let's say you want it to be new, but if we're being real, it's not. Yeah. If that's the case, how can you make your other competitors' products seem old? 
So I would say if you don't have something that's brand spanking new, how do you make everyone else seem old or obsolete? And okay. all that comes down to is research. I would recommend look at the bad reviews, like the one star, two star, three star reviews on your competitor stuff and yep. see if you can use that against them. And suddenly okay. you don't necessarily have to be new, but you're kind of taking a different approach and different can be new. So okay. that would be my tip if it's not new. And if it is new, then scream it. Use words like introducing, use words like announcing. These are things that get people excited because everybody likes new and interesting and exciting. So you either use the right words to present your offer as new or you look at what everyone who's old is getting wrong and you use yep. it to turn yourself into something new. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's super cool. Great tips. I love that looking at the competitors and coming at it from a different angle. And Kyle, I have to apologize. I don't know how to turn off my notifications. I thought they were off, but uh, maybe <laughs> Man, some that's all, right. On. <laughs> that's all right. I was like, was that mine? No, all good, mate. All good. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I've got a friend who's releasing a new type of insect repellent that's all natural and you can use it on your kids and pets. Now, what tips do you have for someone like her who's coming up with product packaging? So, man, product packaging is tricky, right? Because you have okay. limited landscape. Yeah. So the first thing I would want to know ideally is what does that packaging look like? Like how much space do I have? Okay. If possible. But yep. more often than not, your packaging is going to be at least somewhat similar to your competitors. So okay. I would want to see in person what my competitors are doing. Yeah. In fact, when yeah. we talked about the five steps to write to sell, the first step, research and comp shop, I used that when I was managing packaging design at that pet retailer. So I don't know if you knew that. I was in charge of copy and content, but also packaging design. And so wow. we would go out and we would look in various stores at what are the competitors doing and what are similar products doing? So let's use pest repellent. I'm guessing it's going to be in a bottle. So yes. look yep. at how other bottles are packaged. Go to like an Ulta Beauty and look at all yep. the beauty products that are in bottles. See how shampoos are packaged. See how conditioners are packaged. Of course, go to REI and go to Dick's and look at what your direct competitors are doing. And then Think outside the box. Where else are bottles sold? I mean, there's no reason you couldn't go look at some beer bottles to see how those are packaged. And yeah. you start to get a feel for what are they doing in my competitive space? What are they doing outside of my space? What do I have landscape for? What are the kind of the right colors that are and aren't working? And you get some guidance. Yeah. And I think that is very valuable. You know what else is out there, so you know what you can do. And then again, it's kind of this whole adopt for yourself, adopt and improve. And so when I was in packaging design, just to give you an example, we were launching dog dental treats, dog and cat. I don't want to leave Frankie out. So we were, <laughs> we were launching dental treats yeah. and we one of the challenges we found was color. And what we saw was everyone's using blue or green. And we were like, well, how do we be different? We stepped into Target. And we weren't looking at pet products. We were looking at mouthwash and toothpaste and things really? like that. And we found a component of purple that really popped on the shelf and still gave that same fresh, clean feeling. And so suddenly we realized purple's our way in to be new and different, to go back to what you were talking about. Yeah. And so that was a huge finding. We went with purple. Obviously, we made our copy exciting. And I think the product was a fairly big seller. 
Awesome. That is so good. I love how you do that, how you go, let's look at analog brands that aren't your direct competitors and how can we use them? I love that. That's super awesome. Yeah. And if I had to guess, if I think about pest repellent, so look in store at what REI and Dix is doing, look online at what others are doing. But then I think if you went to shampoo and you went to beauty, that's probably a space where you're going to find some really interesting stuff. And then if you want to go off the wall, you go to like beer bottles and wine bottles and you see how those labels are different. And you probably get a good feel for both what's right and where there's gaps. And then as you're looking at your copy, I would go back to what you said, which like, how do you present something as new, given this is a new product? Well, look at the old products first. I would guess that you could almost do a Venn diagram of all the thing, all the claims that these different pest repellents are saying, and you'll find, okay, 80% of them say the same thing. How do I say that same thing differently? Yeah. And then you're also going to find the space where, okay, if you are playing in this space and if you are playing in this third circle, where can you play? Is there a whole circle in that Venn diagram where you have something you can talk about that nobody has? And if not, what's some of that outlier or fringe claims and messaging you're hearing that you can adopt for yourself? And so suddenly you're superior to what's out there and you're new and exciting. And that's a killer one-two punch. Oh, absolutely. Mate, they're great tips coming from someone that really knows what they're on about when it comes to this sort of stuff. So, mate, thank you so much. Clay, that's all I got question-wise. You're a bloody legend. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time, mate. Now, I did tell the guests you were bearing gifts. So, would you like to tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, two gifts. Like I said, I've been working behind the scenes to get Speakeasy sales copy launched. And so I want to invite you to check it out. And in return, I'll give you something free. So first things first, free on my website right now is my guide, which is essentially right to sell 15 money stealing and sales stealing mistakes every entrepreneur makes in their sales copy. Now, I know what you're probably thinking because I would think it too, which is, okay, free guide, it's probably garbage. Honestly, I put so much time and effort into this. It's some of my best stuff. It's equally simple and powerful. And again, it's completely free. If you want to instantly improve your sales copy or even just get on the right track, you need this. It's going to call out the 15 like fatal flaws that literally 99.9% of entrepreneurs and business owners make in their sales copy. So I'm really excited to share it with you. When you get it, you'll be in kind of the Speakeasy Insiders Club. So you'll leave me your email. You'll get it emailed to you within like, I don't know, 17 seconds. And then you're also going to get some more of my kind of juiciest tips and tricks along the way. So that's a total freebie for your audience. They'll see it on speakeasysalescopy.com. Awesome. And then the other thing I'm doing, and this is only through, I want to say, the end of April. So this is one of those act fast urgency things, is I'm doing what I call instant edit calls. And so, Kyle, this is what you've experienced. But this is where we hop on a Zoom together, 30 minutes. You bring up whatever you're working on, whatever sales copy you're working on, struggling with, battling with. And I'm going to give you instant live feedback. You'll be shocked at how much you can get out of 30 minutes, especially because this is like what I was paid to do when I had these huge teams of writers. And so now I'm bringing it to everybody else. And so for your audience, 
I'm doing $100 off those calls. I think it makes it like a $47 call and you're going to get a kind of a masterclass on tailored feedback to whatever you're working on. So wow. it's going to speed you up. It's going to give you extreme clarity and confidence. And it's hands down the cheapest way you'll ever find to work with me. So again, go to my website, look for the calendar button to schedule your instant edit call, and you'll automatically save 100 bucks if you do it before the end of April. Wow, mate, that is awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm just going to write a piece of copy just for rotten copy, and then I'm, <laughs> I'm going to pay you that money so I can jump on a call. Because seriously, I when we went through that coaching video that uh, you did for me, mate, I learned so much. I learned a lot, and I, I read a lot of books on copy, but to have someone of your experience level and your expertise showing me this is like something that I'd written and then I changed it with my own fingers. That was super powerful for me. Yeah. And I, I always think about athletes too, because it's like, what makes a college, what gets a college athlete to the pros? Yeah. Coaching. It's coaching. They have to develop their skills. Right now, college athletes, college basketball players are able to enter their name into the NBA draft, get a bunch of feedback, pull their name out, so that the next year they get drafted higher. It's kind of the same with this. Like I can give you all the coaching in the world and I can give you my systems and they're great and they're fantastic. But for some people, you need specific coaching to what you're working on to get to the next level. Like you can yeah. hear everything, but until it's applied to you and for you in front of your face in your world, it's hard to execute on. And so that's what this offers, man. It's speed, it's confidence, and it's clarity. And I get a kick out of doing it because one, I get to meet new people. Two, I get to look at new products and services. And three, it's fun to help you get better and watch you improve. And yeah. I know what I deliver in 30 minutes. Saving 100 bucks is a steal. I might regret doing it, <laughs> but <laughs> hey, copy is live. And this is what I'm doing to get people into the site and get familiar with me. Yeah, mate. Well, it's... Super great offer. I can't wait. I'm definitely going to jump on a call with you, that's for sure. So look, for the audience, Clay is super experienced, super knowledgeable when it comes to this stuff. He really is something else. And uh, I may have seen a little snippet of the free 15 sales stealing mistakes every entrepreneur makes in their sales copy. And there's a lot of experience behind those words. So Head over to speakeasysalescopy.com and go and get yourself a copy. Truly worth it. It's not like your normal average free thing. This is seriously value packed. Yeah. You know, free to me is, I think a lot of people think free is worthless. This is not that. I mean, at this point, Definitely if you've not. listened to the episode, you know how thoughtful and detailed and meticulous I am with what I put out there. So you better believe this is high value, kind of one of a kind content. I don't know how long I'll keep it free, but it's up there and I encourage you to take it. Yeah, no, absolutely, mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks again for your time, Clay. Super awesome, mate. I love chatting to you. Who knows, maybe in six months we can get you back on again. So that would be awesome. <laughs> Sounds good, Kyle. I'd be honored <laughs> for having me, man. Awesome, dude. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Until next time, see you later.